That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The first international break of the 2019-2020 season has officially come to a close. The worst of them all, I can confidently Fucking say. Finally. <laughs> and we're here to bring back the club soccer and uh, talk about the Premier League actions coming up this weekend. Uh, no top six clashes between each other, but uh, we do have some really interesting 50 50 games. A few to mention Manchester United uh, hosting Leicester and Chelsea traveling to Wolves. We'll talk about those and a couple others on this episode of the Ghost Goal Podcast. Uh, I'm Alex here with Javier. Uh, Andrew's off because uh, Liverpool are just hosting Newcastle this weekend. If anything, theirs is the it's probably the biggest slam right, dunk of the weekend. That's just like the gimme. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just everyone. Uh, everyone beats Newcastle away, right? It's oh, Newcastle wait, at home. Tottenham. They're playing Newcastle at home. Yeah, I, yeah. New, everyone beats Newcastle at home, but uh, oh wait, yeah, not everybody. So who? who? Tottenham. Oh they right, just, Newcastle just. I'm won literally just Spurs. racking my brain. Like, who did Newcastle? Uh, I guess City lost at Newcastle last year, which is. Yeah, That's no, they get they can get it they can get results away from home. But they and, just had uh, the result, like you said. You know, they just had it against uh, Tottenham. They, they aren't having right, it. No, it's again. not happening again. Right, and that's where like Liverpool have been like pretty scarily consistent. I feel like with these small teams, you used to think that like sometimes like they could maybe get into a shootout and like slip up like a two two or something. I feel like now they always just win this like two or three zero, and there's like no chance at all that the other team has. Like you never feel at any point that Liverpool. Like that's why it it, it kind of does feel like they're 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 gonna hunker in for this title race this year. Like I think they've really shown in these these opening games that they have not, not having Allison like, either you know, slowed down, not slowed down at all. Right, and that was supposed to be like a weakness for them. Like I, I, they're gonna have him back soon, and yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they could be they could be pretty unstoppable this year. Um, I could see them maybe you know only losing one or two games again. I don't know who's going to really beat them other than Manchester City. Well, like, uh, I think that's that's the important point. There. I think people could get draws here and there. Uh, I just I don't know who's but, actually going to be able to beat this. That's team. That's the like, question. It's not it's not the frequency with which uh, Liverpool and Manchester City have been winning games the last like year plus, but also. You have to consider that they can't afford any kind of slip up. It's it's legitimately at like La Liga levels circa 2010 to 2013 when Real right, and Barcelona where like were both just, teams had like 90 and like 95 points every year, and right, that and was if, ha- the title race was decided. Like Barca had 95 and Real had like 101 or 102. Exactly. It's just like it's hard to sustain if, because it's hard to keep get to that, that point, level of. But, of uh, success in such a such a difficult league whether it's la liga at that time or premier league now but you know you saw manchester city the two losses they had last season that really stick out uh the crystal palace one at home and then the newcastle one away uh, like they they were pretty much they were kind of lucky to not lucky to win the league that's kind of a terrible way of putting it but because new uh, because liverpool drew so many games afterwards and i mean they only lost the one uh, to city but they drew so many games after that that like 
that Liverpool couldn't be as perfect as Manchester City. So, I mean, it's definitely still in the back of their minds, and they, they go through all these games against lesser opposition with like a really like businessman's like approach, where they just they, they don't take anyone lightly. They view everyone as a very difficult opponent, and you never see those players give less than one hundred and ten percent. So, is yeah. uh, is Virgil Van Dyke the best center back in Premier League history? No, not at all. I thought you were going to ask like a realistic question, like is he the best center back in the world? Which he like well, if he wins, is. no, if he wins, if he wins player world player of the year this year, then I think he would be because there hasn't been a, a center back that's won that, especially in the era of Ronaldo and Messi. I would I would say that he's the greatest Premier League center back immediately if that happens. Purely if that just from that from that standpoint, because I don't even think that like obviously Terry, obviously you're you're you're, you're like you're his longevity and like he would still be the greatest. Premier League center back, if that makes sense, but the greatest center back to play in the Premier League would be Van Dyke at that point. No, maybe Terry should have won Ballon d'Or. No. <laughs> maybe he got robbed. I don't know. No, I, but Javier, um, I think we literally cannot even have a debate over this because we're lit- we're coming from such different ends of the spectrum. Where I just don't place anywhere near as much importance on those awards as I think uh, most football fans probably do today. Where Ronaldo and Messi have just created this fascination over who's going to be crowned the best player in the world every year and like what does that mean in terms of the bigger picture like just to create debate and you know we have these great forums now where we can have these debates where we couldn't have them before without social media so they they, they didn't really have I, as I much think, i just think like then. at his best he's more dominant than john terry ever was no, I mean, that's just a ridiculous statement <laughs> how is that a ridiculous statement like offensively and defensively the guy's just i mean he's unreal he's, he's, it's, he's it's, unreal he's yeah, a cheat I, I code I don't. Hey, I mean, Terry. Listen, Terry. I'm like, not there were he'll times never do that. Terry, he'll never. He'll never achieve that eventually. But you can't go crowning some of the best center back in Premier League history when he hasn't even won the Premier League. Like, I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. You know, it's the Liverpool fans trying to make no, the case no, for no, Lampard no, or for Gerrard no, but it's over like, Lampard. It's like it's like how Ronaldo's the greatest player in Premier League history, but Thierry Henry is the greatest player. He's the most talented you know, player. Like he's. Exactly, he's the most Cristiano Ronaldo is the most talented player to ever play in the Premier League. While Henri is the greatest Premier League player ever, right? For what he achieved but in the league, yeah. For what he achieved, exactly. So, so I mean, you have to like, you have to you have to put it in between in 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 context. And I think in context, Van Dyke would probably be the most talented center back to play ever if he won Ballon d'Or. Especially just considering the form that he's, it looks like he's going to continue. I mean, he's unreal for Holland. They, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think like we're going to see a, him get to like a World Cup final. This is a larger we're debate see that them, I would like to like. He's definitely going to win the Premier League. Like we know it's going to happen in his career. Well, we don't know that. It's going to happen People in the next year People said the same thing about Steven Gerrard and it never happened for him. And, uh, you know, it's. It, I, I think Van Dyke's better than Gerrard. It, yeah, I, I would agree with that too. Like I don't want to be played off as like a Van Dyke hater or something. I, he's perfectly capable and I would maybe even be surprised if. He didn't finish his career at Liverpool as like the best center back in Premier League history. I'd be pretty surprised, but I'm not going to do that a year and a half into his career at Liverpool. Um, so uh, I would love to have this debate further and like go deeper into the whole player of the year and what that means thing. Maybe we'll do that when Ballon d'Or is eventually announced. I think it's in a, another month or so. Yeah, definitely. I think it's only a month away. Right. So, so uh, but we haven't talked about the Liverpool Newcastle game at all because obviously Liverpool are at home and uh, we're all kind of <laughs> assuming that they get a win here. This game isn't in the predictions of the week, but what were you thinking? I, I'm probably going like three nil, four nil. 
coming off the international break, first game back. Maybe not like the six nil they put past Newcastle last year. <laughs> Maybe something a little, a little less. But yeah, three. That first game back I is always like, like that's it pretty takes, fair. It's like shaking off the rust a little bit. Uh, but the 10 a.m. slate is absolutely stacked, and I'm a little, I'm a little angry about it actually. Like, why couldn't one of these games be on? Like, why can't Man United and Leicester play on Sunday? You know, United have Europa League coming up. They don't need, they don't need to play on Saturday. But we'll talk about that game next. United are going to host Leicester City at uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning in a very enticing game that uh, I, I think bears a lot of similarities to the Chelsea-Leicester game a few weeks ago, one that we were just saying before we started recording. Frankly, Chelsea were kind of lucky to get out of that with a point. <laughs> and uh, I, I think there's some real buzz that Leicester could go to Man United and really start to put nails in the coffin of... Uh, well, if they won this game, they would be like in it for top six. Like you would be like, okay, Leicester could get a top all, six People spot. are already saying that they are. Like just with what we've no, looked no. like, what United. I don't think. Like. I don't think. I don't think so far. I don't think you can like getting a draw with Chelsea is not. No, but I don't I'm think saying enough. with the way they've played, they've been playing really well, and just like it hasn't always come. It's only started recently, coming off for them. Yeah, but you can see like players like Soyana Chu and Evans, like they're going to get exposed at some point. They haven't really played like that dynamic offensively. They've played like Tammy Abraham and like Mason Mount, and like that's the best we, players. We, start, we started Giroud. So thank you very much. We started Giroud against them in that league game sure but i'm just saying like they've played against those types of players let's see how they do against you know a little bit higher caliber of player um and yeah i i think united is that challenge obviously and united are really going to be looking to get a result because they there was a lot of bad talk about ole over the break a lot of bad statistics coming out where ole hasn't won an away game since he got the uh the permanent job in the league Back in, in, yeah, in the league, back in, what was that, November or no? It's like January of last year, something like that, right? December, December. okay. But yeah, it's been a long time since they've had an away win, and yeah. This one's at home, Javier. This is at home, but it's just, it feels like, it feels like they are, you know, people are already jumping on all his back, and... I don't know. I'm. Uh, I think at times they looked in that first game. Obviously, you know they won four nil, and everyone was thinking, "Ah, United!" Like, you know, is this team going to be amazing? But then, you know, what what goes and happens? You know, Martial gets injured. I think he's coming back. Though. Pogba, Rashford. I think he's back. Yeah, but yeah, but Pogba and Rashford. Uh, you know, with with the whole penalty stuff and. It just feels like there's a lot of like drama and stuff swirling around United. And while the Maguire and Wan-Bissaka signings have definitely improved the team, it still feels like they're missing something, especially in the midfield. It still feels like Pogba is just like dragging a lot of times the midfield through mud. And if he's not having like a good game, then they just look terrible in the midfield. And like as a result, the front three has to drop back and... You know they haven't they haven't found like a good balance yet. I feel like in that first game, four nil was very flattering to them, and it made them look a lot better than what like it set expectations really high. And like I think now it's definitely leveling off where people are realizing like, yeah, it's going to be probably not the easiest season for United this year. Right. So where where I think I'm going to come back to the, uh, the the similarities to compare this game to the Leicester Chelsea game a few weeks ago. Is that our, our, my main question? I think most people's main question about United is uh, what, what's their plan? What's their uh, plan of like progressing the ball forward and, and breaking down 
uh, tightly packed defenses. And they certainly had to come up against that more so in the Wolves away game and the Southampton away game, those last two that they've played. Um, right now it's Rashford and Martial oh, and win Palace, penalties. Obviously. But if Rashford and Martial and Pogba are all back, and Leicester are playing this Brendan Rodgers like, expansive possession style, is there a chance that Solskjaer just not parks the bus, but just has them focus more on like the counterattacking phase of play and trying to get high quality chances off that like they did against Chelsea then but that's how Leicester play too though. they don't like, really they have Jamie they Vardy really, I mean they can play like that but uh, at Stamford Bridge like they kind of weathered the storm against us but then once they felt like the the energy levels start to drop off in the opponent they kind of start to rise up and take control of the game in possession themselves I, I just think there's 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 definitely an opportunity there this sounds crazy because it's Manchester United at home against Leicester this is this should be normal but you have to think that there's going to be spaces for not not just Leicester, but United's talented forwards and their pacey forwards as as well to to get in behind and get good chances. I would probably lean towards like disappointing draw, like for one of these teams is going to have a lead and then throw it away, and like it'll end two two from uh, one of them being in a winning position. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna lean towards Leicester and say that they'll be the team on top, and United will nick a draw. But I mean, we're not, I know we're not picking results for this. That's just how I kind of see it. Uh, going, I mean, I, I like Leicester as much as anyone, but uh, United are coming like close to that desperation mode too, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and I mean, Daniel James scored again um, for Wales. You mean or over the weekend? The ex- yeah for Wales the over the international break, and again the exact same goal uh, that he scored. You know, just that cutting in from the left wing and curling it to the top. And yeah, some people make a career but, off that. Yeah, but I think Robin. it's something that. You know he's going to be back to playing on the right when Martial is back, and um, I don't know if he's going to have that same efficiency and the same yeah. threat on the right. I don't right. know if I like him on the right, and I don't know if I like a front three of of you know or or I, they even started like a front four of Lingard, James, Rashford, and Martial, and I think it's really dynamic and like pacey, but like defensively that is. I think that's really suspect, and you're you're gonna need like you know Martial and Lingard and, and James to do a lot of defensive work. That well, that's basically what Lingard know, still just, gets like minutes from his his defensive work rate, his like ability to press. And, right, but the, but the guy hasn't scored a goal. Right, that's in, what I'm saying. In, I'm saying like you know, he, that's not his over a year. His job isn't as much to be like a, a goal scoring player. I mean, it's nice if he can do it, but that's up to Rashford and Martial basically, and they're they're not holding up their end of the deal so far. Um, Unless it's on penalties, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's move on to uh, James. J- we got to mention James Madison too, uh, who he's been pretty awesome so far. Yeah, he's everyone's. He's he's been he awesome. tore us like, to he, shreds, and yeah, right. He's he's super. He's looked really really dangerous. He's like what Ozil should be, like the, an, an English Ozil that uh, actually <laughs> works kind of hard. Ozil should you know? be. <laughs> Imagine if Mesut Ozil. Yeah, heard you it was say just that. sad, <laughs> uh, but. Also, Sayono Chu, their center back. I mean, the guy's been pretty awesome for them. Like, you've been playing like... This will be a big you know, test. He's been making like tons and tons of passes. Um, and just watch him because he's he's a player who it seems like Rogers putting a lot of faith in him. He's like the creative hub almost of the team. Like, everything is pl- flowing through him. Like, he's passing out to like the, the wing backs and like... Pat doing like one twos with the midfielder. He's almost playing like stopper, almost like a center defensive mid role. 
and like he, he's been getting forward too. So yeah, it's uh, really interesting how Rogers has him playing um, and just watch him. It, in this it sounds game, like Harry Maguire, which we haven't mentioned. It does exactly. Mentioned exactly. Either, it's like it's Harry, Harry Maguire versus his no, old yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. It is Harry Maguire versus old team. And uh, I, I fancy him maybe getting a goal. Just uh, just showing the showing his team like, ah, you remember, I know how to score on you guys. Like, remember me? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, Harry, right. you left like a month ago. It's not maybe not even a month. <laughs> um, the only disappointing thing about this weekend, maybe not disappointing because I did just say we have a stacked 10 a.m. slate, but uh, all these games are going on at the same time and they could be spread out a little bit uh, more over the weekend. Uh, but the, the second of these uh, three really enticing 10 a.m. games that we're going to talk about is Tottenham hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, Tottenham certainly starting to show uh, chinks in the armor. Uh, we've talked about them in the, the wake of the Men's City result, which I think people obviously viewed positively, even though they didn't like play well necessarily. Uh, and then the Arsenal result, where they had a winning position and gave it up. And obviously there's the Newcastle one sandwiched in there somewhere. Uh, right, but they didn't deserve to be in that winning position. So, you know, okay. it, it was kind of like the uh, natural yeah, we progression. We should have gotten, gotten all of that up. out on the, on the recap We should have fucking won. You should have gotten <sighs> that out on the recap pod. Um, <laughs> but there, Tottenham are going to host Crystal Palace. Uh, I believe Crystal Palace beat them. They were the first team to beat them at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, last season, I'm pretty sure. No, never mind. I completely messed that up. <laughs> Tottenham had the first game there and Son scored the first goal and Tottenham won 1-0. I'm, mi- I'm mixing that up with like West Ham or someone. But uh, we- we've just seen Crystal Palace recently go away to United and uh, win. Uh, we've seen them go away for most part of last season and play very well. Is there any chance that they uh, continue that good away form? And uh, either a draw, I think they would be happy with. But do you think they could do the? the I don't know. I mean, they're going to definitely be like flying high after beating United. But it just it feels like they like they're not going to be able to strike lightning twice. And it feels like Tottenham they're going to be very very desperate to get a result here um, against a Palace side that is still lacking in goals is still suspect at the back. I mean, actually, defensively, it seems like they're still, you know, Hodgson still has them pretty pretty well, you know, well drilled. It's a lot of the players, all the same players that were basically there last since, year. Since Harry Kane's come, or not Harry Kane, Harry K, uh, Gary Cahill. Ever since Gary Cahill's come into the lineup, they beat United, and then I think they won last week too uh, against Villa at home. They've been pretty solid defensively. I think there's a, there's a very good chance. I think this might be next to... I wouldn't even actually categorize the United game uh, against Leicester as an upset if Leicester win that. That's I, I think Leicester have earned that right to not call that an upset. This is probably the odds-on upset of the weekend, wouldn't you think? Yeah, this this is definitely the 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 best bet. That or I guess the uh, the Arsenal Watford game probably. Yeah, either sure. one of those would be like well set up for for upsets. Sure. Um, how do you see this one going? This is of course the first of your. NBC Sports Predictor app picks of the week. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think Spurs are going to score a ton of goals. I think Lasso's out six to eight weeks. I think Indombele's still all out. of their um, signings from this summer are currently injured for varying amounts yeah, of time. And but. that's uh, that's that's a little bit worrying for me. I think that they still lack a little bit of creativity in the midfield. Um, but I think Son still hasn't gotten going yet, and when he does, they're gonna definitely get like a glut of goals from from him, and um, you know Lucas Mora when he whenever he gets going. So, you know Kane scored a, a hat trick for England over the international break, scored another goal. 
um, in the second game. Did he score so two four hat-trick? goals in two games did for he him? Two hat tricks. Did he have two goals in the second game? Oh, well, maybe he did score two hat tricks. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't he watch the Casado game. Goals. I just saw, saw it ended five three, but. Well, I just know the last nine nine goals England non penalty goals England has scored has either been scored or assisted by Raheem Sterling. The last nine goals that England has uh, scored, which is pretty crazy. Very um, crazy. But yeah, back yeah, quickly back to this game. I think Spurs are going to win it. Um, I have two one Tottenham, and uh, I think Palace make it. You know, nervy and maybe. You know, maybe equalize at some point, or Tottenham go up two goals and 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 Palace score a goal to to make it nervy at the end. But I I do expect Tottenham to to get this job done before uh, before their Champions League game in the midweek. Yeah, I'll tend to agree with you. Also, my uh, upset of the week is uh, coming up in a second here. Uh, let, let's talk quickly about uh, the third of these uh, stacked 10 a.m. games I mentioned, which is uh, Wolves hosting Chelsea Saturday at 10 a.m. I am certainly not optimistic going into this game because uh, Wolves are obviously very well set up to stylistically just uh, outdo outdo does, us in every it way. It doesn't feel like they have the same magic from last year. No, though. no, definitely not. Like but, uh, do you remember, do you remember like a few weeks ago? With Europa as well. Do, like, I can't remember when it was know. on the pod, but there was a pod that I remember specifically saying like, oh, maybe Wolves playing Europa League will help Chelsea because we'll play them after a Europa League game. And they're coming off an international break, which is like a different struggle. But like we're both dealing with that, <laughs> you know. So uh, we don't get the the bonus of getting to play Wolves after they've played like in Portugal on Thursday night. The only the only positive I can kind of take from this is that Wolves. I feel like they tend to uh, get these big wins at home against the top six sides when they're playing night games. When they're like the only game on, like think that United game on Monday night a few weeks ago. They got the one one draw. Uh, they beat you guys on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night last year. They beat us on a Monday night last year. The games where it's like prime time and everyone's watching and it's something like that. I, I, the, the atmosphere in that stadium definitely goes up a notch. I'm not saying that's like the be all end all behind like my optimism for this weekend. Like I, Again, stylistically. I don't know if I'd be optimistic. I'd be like, if you guys got a draw, I feel like you guys oh, should be I would snatch that. your hand off for a draw right now. Right. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, which is a terrible, <laughs> a terrible way of approaching things as a fan, where you should be hoping for your team to win every single time they play. And I've certainly gotten used to that like way of thinking. It's just not plausible now. You know, we're playing the young, like we've played the youngest team in twenty four plus years each of the last two uh, league games now. So um, I'm interested to see how how the lineup looks different after the international break. We've had players like. Rudiger and Nigolo Kante missing games the last. I think this is the, the the best like defense you guys have played since United. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it, it, so I'm curious to see if you guys can actually break them down because you weren't able to break United down. And but it's perfectly set Wolves up for Wolves to beat us, just as good or maybe even better defensively. Right. That's why I'm really curious to see Jota how you guys do because I really want to see how back and how like game. Mount, uh, you know, and Tammy if if they can actually perform against a team like Wolves. It's definitely a step up to like what they've been doing in the last couple of games where, you know, Tammy's had two braces and everyone's, you know, thinking, oh, you know, let's jump on the Tammy bandwagon. Well, you know, get a get a goal against Wolves and uh, maybe we'll all start jumping. Right. Tammy. He hasn't scored against like a proper established Premier League team yet. He's scored against two teams that have just come up from the championship. That's that has to be considered like those games were back to back and they are Premier League teams now. But 
you know, they haven't been they haven't been here. That and long. you drew one of those games. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying Which Tammy, is like that's a little bit I'm of a stain on the Tammy goals too. <laughs> scored. I mean, that, that doesn't have as much to do with Tammy, but he, he did his job. Like if you ask a striker to score double like every single weekend, he won't really care what the result is most of the time because he, he'll think I got my job done. I did my part. <laughs> um, but do you see do you see any scenario where Chelsea win this? I hate being this negative about us, but you know this is not really. Yeah, to be honest, I agree. But, I, I think a, a draw um, is like perfect for us. I mean, right? I'd be I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be happy with the draw. But I, I, I mean, I could see it happen. Maybe if like a freak red card happens or something. Like I, I might be. I mean, it's always possible. I might, I might be downplaying possible. us. We haven't had a Golo Kante yeah. or Rudiger the last two league games. Are they going to be like definitely back yeah, for this game? They didn't. They didn't go in the. Rudiger was on the edge of starting that Sheffield game. Um, but then Tamori played so well in practice that uh, Lampard wanted to give him a try. Uh, and then N'Golo literally just uh, – Frank reached out to Didier Deschamps and, said, and asked him, like, can you not call up N'Golo? He could play in the international break. But you guys have Albania and Andorra. Can you just leave him out this time so he can rest? And Deschamps was like, yes, OK, that's understandable. Uh, so – they're, they're definitely back. I mean, uh, maybe Frank has some sort of hold up on whether he wants to start Rudiger right away after not playing since uh, I think April was the last time he played. But uh, I mean, Angolo certainly is going to be back. And, you know, like I said on our Champions League preview pod, uh, we have the best player on the field. That has to matter for something. You know, Angolo is always capable of just dominating a game like that winning almost every 50-50 ball and starting great Yeah, I'm curious to see, like, without Eden, if N'Golo will will take, like, a, a that role of being your he, best player he and took just, it like, in looking the better than, game. like, a class above uh, everyone he else. He took it in the Liverpool game. I will give him that. Let's see it in a Premier yeah, League yeah, game, no, I though. agree. I yeah. mean, but if you can do it against Liverpool... Yeah, yeah, for chances sure. Chances are you can do it in the I, league. I mean, they weren't playing with the same intensity that they do in the Premier League, so... Again, like, 80% like, of it, was, it. It, was, it was a quote-unquote friendly. Like yeah, and everyone, I mean... Right. But I, I just I feel like it's it's not the same. And this is probably the first real test since United for you guys. And yeah, I want to see how you guys handle it. If you guys go about, and get man. a draw Every or even game a win, has been a then test for us. Have you been watching? <laughs> no, I'm saying real test for you, uh, for your for your offense, for your like for you, see if you can actually score sure. goals against a, a, a team that's hard to break down. I think so far you guys have just had, you know, uh, a few easy cookies thrown at you and haven't had the best results. So. Let's see what you guys do against uh, against this like very good Wolves team that uh, that at home have just been sensational, even against all the top six sides. Well, yeah, that record that record has yet to fall apart. To be fair to them, they have like lost against like Bournemouth no, they lost, or they like lost Everton to, they lost or something. City last but year. Like, they lost to Liverpool and City. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm they have, but I'm saying they still like have maintained a strong. Yeah. You know, record at home, even at the tail end of last season, like against United, against you know us, against you guys. I mean, this so. is the this is a prime candidate for like a comeback game for Diogo Jota. Like his pace on the counterattack, it's it's the kind it's Jamie Vardy esque, uh, and I think he's going to have a if you're if you have him in your fantasy team, and you have any doubts about starting him against Chelsea, uh, dispel those immediately. Put him in. I, I mean, I would if I had him in my team, but. Um, and, and he's kind of struggled to start the season. So, uh, yeah, this is perfectly poised for him to come back and score, maybe have a couple of assists and cause us nightmares. Uh, but let's uh, talk about the final Saturday game. At 12.30, Norwich are going to host Manchester City. We have this as a goal fest. Is this part of the picks of the week? Yes, it is. And, yep, you agree. You have a goal fest. <laughs> How do you see this one going? 
Yeah, my my goal for us result is four two Manchester City. Uh, I have that because Norwich are the worst team defensively in the entire Premier League so far. Do you know who and, number two is? Uh, offensively, Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> These yeah, guys. I knew that immediately. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they've been pretty sensational at home. You know, scored I think two or more goals in all of their home games so far this season. So right, Newcastle and Chelsea. It's it's uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think, you know. Especially when it's zero zero, I bet Norwich are just gonna try their you know effing hearts out to to try and get effing. a goal and get ahead and, and get the crowd. Since when did you go soft? Yeah, you know, just uh, it's a family no, it's show. Not a family you know, show. Uh, this has never been a family yeah, show. Not. I mean, yeah. never has, never has. You're right, but no, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a fun one. And yeah, I've got I got four two city. We are we talked about it a, a bit a good amount earlier, but I think. Uh, Norwich, this isn't going to like make or break their season if they can get a result against Man City. So I think we're all expecting the the City result here. But I think coming off the international break, you know, expect Laporte big injury. He's out. I think he tore his ACL, so he's going to be out for a long time. I think. He, I, think um, I don't think he was fully metatarsal. He fully tore it. It's definitely a knee thing, but he didn't fully tear it. It's not like Leroy Sané bad. He's not out for like the rest of the season. But yeah, but those are two really bad injuries. He's out that, for a significant know, amount of time. They're gonna they're gonna miss they're gonna miss both of those guys a lot, and I think uh, Man City aren't gonna be keeping nearly as many clean sheets. I think Ederson's been a little bit shaky too. Um, um, they haven't had the most confident start defensively, which is like why in the back of my mind I think like Liverpool are like just from early season like form and how both teams have looked. I think like Liverpool maybe slightly ahead, like just on the you know. From what we've seen in these first few games, which is not not enough of a litmus test yet, obviously, but well, I mean, the the thing we were discussing before we got on the podcast, which I think is still relevant, is that uh, those injuries, how they affect the way teams approach playing Manchester City, where it might just convince teams like Norwich, who you know, Norwich went to Liverpool and tried to play out from the back and tried to play their normal style, and they paid the price for it, but now they see a Injured at the back, Manchester City, who are missing their best center back, the probably the second best center back in the league last season, uh, and uh, I mean Leroy Sané, but we, they can obviously replace the attacking repl- uh, players a little bit easier. The, Norwich are probably still thinking to themselves, "Let's go out and let's attack them. Let's see if we can get an early lead. Let's see if they just get unlucky a couple times, miss a couple chances, and, and drop their heads a little bit, and we see we'll see how it affects them." Obviously, that's only that might only work like like one time out of a hundred. <laughs> but you know, if you're Norwich, you're just going to play the lottery uh, and, and hope that uh, it pays off one of these weeks. And I mean, I agree with you. I have a, a resounding Manchester City win. I'd probably even go four one. Uh, I feel like this could be one of those games where like Norwich might miss a, miss a few chances that just could keep them in it, but they only end up getting like one goal uh, at home because. We talked about like the possible like replacements for Laporte, like players they can rotate in there. And obviously, there's John Stones and Otamendi who are like the more common sense replacements. Uh, but but then there's Fernandinho, who everyone keeps talking about. He's going to be playing center back uh, a little bit more this season, and he'll certainly have the chance to now. Laporte's injured, uh, and then there's that young kid they brought back from Girona, uh, Alex Garcia. The like he came out through their academy, and he's a defensive midfielder technically. But we've seen Pep have a lot of success, so like drafting those players a little bit deeper. And 
I mean, you're playing with the ball for 75% of the time anyway, so it's not like you're defending that often as a Manchester City player anyway. So it kind of it kind of like limits the, the difficulty a little bit more because they're in such a good team that it doesn't really matter as much. Um, but you're going to stick with 4-2. I'd, I'd probably lean towards 4-1, but think about that one, Javier. Maybe, maybe go 4-1 instead. You're that confident? We we do we do have to mention the Pookie uh, odds to score ch- uh, bet that Andrews submitted for this week. Uh, he has Timo Pookie to score at any time versus Manchester City at plus two twenty, uh, which is which is decent. You know he he was on fire over the international break. He scored two more goals in two qualifiers. One of them was a penalty. I'll admit against uh, against Italy, but you know the guy is just he's a goal machine. He's just one of those guys who just has that confidence when the ball like come, like comes to him. He just has the confidence to just thwack it every single time. Um, so I, I like that bet. That's a, that's a pretty solid bet. I might even might even have a piece of that. I'm not much of a sports betting guy, but you know I, I might get into it for Timo Pukki. <laughs> All right, so four two Manchester City. Let's move on to my bet of the week, which is a Sunday morning game, Watford hosting Arsenal to close out the weekend, I believe. There might be a Monday game. I can't remember. But Watford, we, since we last uh, did a Premier League podcast, fired Javi Gracia, who I did say the week before the Newcastle pod, uh, the, the Newcastle game that they had on that podcast, that uh, he better watch out because if, wa- if he didn't win that game, his head was going to be on the chopping block and uh, chop Watford did. They uh, <laughs> they axed him in the middle of the break, not even like right at the beginning of it, I don't think, was it? Or I think it was just this past weekend. Uh, I don't get why they didn't do it like right at the beginning of the inter- international break. I don't – I thought it was pretty much near the international – I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember I don't the know how long either, it took them, but – I'm pretty sure it was just like the last week or so and we're at the end of – uh, yeah. Since then, they've uh, rehired Kike Sanchez Flores, who they had back in, I believe, 2015 16, uh, and fired. <laughs> so the Pozzos, the Italian family that own Watford and uh, own Udinese in Italy, they, they've gone by this approach basically the entire time they've owned Watford. They hire and fire kind of irregardless of. Uh, how well their managers do, like in context, greater context of the season, they kind of just go by what, what direction is their team trending. If they feel like Watford are, and the players are trending downwards and they're not really feeling up to it and they don't really believe in the project, then they have no problem just putting aside any sort of like past relationship or success, no matter how recent it is, and just firing that manager in order to get the team trending back upwards again. I don't know if it's going to work this time. I I guess the I guess I guess it works if they don't get relegated, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be in a relegation fight this year. Like, based on four games, definitely this early form. Yeah. Also, and firing their manager this early on, it feels like they're like alarm bells. There has to be something going on behind the scenes. Like, it can't just be like like they got to an FA Cup final last year and like barely finished out of that out of that uh, seventh spot. Like they were in it till the final like three games and were like never in a relegation right. fight. They've, they've, they've so had a terrible you form just, like, like in 2019 in general, other than like the FA Cup run. They've just been really bad in the league. Yeah, they haven't been great in the league, but I don't know. I'm, I think they, that they're, yeah, I think, and they only really signed like SAR. But they, they didn't have that many, where, like big here's signings. Here's where I agree with, Mostly, mostly the Watford fans. It's, it's probably one of the first times that the Watford fans feel like aggrieved by this uh, sacking. 
Javi Garcia never even got the chance to really integrate Sar into the team. That's a big player. That's a really big signing. That right. he should They're have had a chance like to say, like he played them in one uh, League Cup game or Carabao Cup or whatever it is. Uh, I think he scored again. I guess against like a a lesser team, and uh, yeah, he never got to play any league games. He never got to get integrated. So th- there's certainly room for growth. I don't have Watford as like a relegation candidate, even if they have started the season badly. Um, but I guess the Watford management just wanted to be absolutely certain that they wouldn't. Um, so my bet of the weekend is for Watford to have somewhat of a bounce back game and get a draw at home against Arsenal. Uh, they're plus 260 to draw with Arsenal. Arsenal certainly the favorites. I just think the new manager bump of Kike Sanchez. Pepe's got to score, man. It's done. It's done. You said that the last couple of weeks, Javier. You said it against Burnley. You said it against Tottenham. It's not happening for him. Right, right. I like him, obviously, but... It has to happen. Yeah, Uh, well... Like, those those Watford If there's one thing that Javi Garcia... Or not Javi Garcia. I'm already mixing up my Watford managers. If there's one thing that... Kike uh, Sanchez Flores knows how to do that's set up a packed defense. So we'll see. That it'll be a really big test for Arsenal to go away to a ground they've not had a ton of success at recently, and uh, and see if they can break down that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like super team. excited to be playing them, but I think it's if there's a time to play Watford, it's probably now when like they just fire the their last manager game. and <laughs> they're the game before. Maybe. But uh, but I think I think that yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be an easy result for us. I have us winning two one. Um, I mean, Aubameyang's also been pretty unstoppable. Like Lacazette, they've they've both been scoring already. You know, gotten their accounts rolling this year, and I don't know. I what like both of them playing with Pepe. I think it's they're gonna grow as a front three together, and I think the midfield. Um, I think Torero. I think came back from the uh, Uruguayan national team hurt, so I don't think he's going to play this next game. So I think we'll see a Ceballos, Guendouzi, Willick, or uh, you know Ceballos, Guendouzi, Xhaka, which, I mean, I don't really want to see that, but I, I think it could work. We haven't, we haven't seen it yet this year, um, and it'll be interesting to see what midfield we actually play. Obviously, I think Guendouzi is the one who's like 100% nailed on to play. And it seems like the way that Unai handles things, he 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 puts Shaka in the team list one of you know, one of the first names too. So, you know, last game we thought there was multiple times where he should have taken Shaka off and just kept him on the entire game. So, he seems to really like him. He he seems to think he has leadership qualities, and you know that terrible mistake he made. I I don't know if it's going to be you know I, if I'm a manager, I drop him from the team after something like that. But might not have a choice. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if Unai is that type of uh, that type of manager. We'll see. What's your score prediction for this one? At, yeah, I, I already said it. It's uh, two one Arsenal. Arsenal. Okay, so at least you admit it's going to be close. You're not going to just run random. No, I don't think them. we're going to like blow them away, and they're definitely probably going to score on us. I think defensively, we're still figuring things out. I think Kolasinic starting is we're always going to be very threatening on that left wing if he's playing, but defensively, we're always going to be like get exposed like David Luiz is not going to be able to handle that you know right so similar, I expect similar, another another error a similar you know? possibility that I mentioned with uh, Jota against Chelsea there's a similar possibility for like a comeback game for uh, Delefeu in this one uh, I mean he's this, a similar type of player who Watford have been playing as a, a second striker recently but we'll see how yeah, Flores I mean, in, sets in up. theory Delefeu and Sarri would be a, is, is really difficult for for two fullbacks to deal with so you know, we don't have t- 
Kolasinich and Ainsley Maitland-Niles aren't natural fullbacks. So I'm sure the Watford scouts and like coaches are going to be saying, "Hey, like this is an area we can attack, guys." You yeah. know, so they just have to play well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how we can do with with you know our, our second string right and left backs, and you know Tierney and and, and Bayonin are are back in training, not in full training. Um, so that probably means they're still two or three weeks out, but they're expected to be back into full training uh, by the end of September. So. Holding is back in full training. He might actually play a part in this game, which would be interesting um, if he's actually able to get get some minutes. Um, maybe coming in off the bench if, if we're up a goal or two. I don't know. Maybe switching to a five at the back. I have no idea. Maybe we start with a five at the back. You know, maybe Unai surprises us and just brings holding out. I think about that. That's 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 the way yeah. you guys go up a level. With depth yeah, I think it could happen. I think this could be a game where he tries it. You know. Um, because I, you know, Watford away, they're going to be attacking us. Uh, you know, we have I think so, man. capitulated I think gonna, to them they're before. Gonna park the bus. That's what that's what Kike Sanchez Flores does. That's what he did last time. That's what he's been doing in Spain. Yeah, but like Troy Dini, he can't help himself. Troy Dini's injured. He's, he's not going like, to. He's not going to play. Oh yeah. wow! Well, maybe they will park yeah. the bus then. I, I, I can hear the uh, sound of the bus parking right now. It's definitely getting parked right in front of that goal in, in that 18-yard my, box. Uh, my bet of the week, by the way, I didn't uh, mention it, but I have United. Uh, I have Leicester winning at United at plus 340. I think that that's, that's a pretty solid one. I think Leicester could absolutely go get us. <laughs> for the odds over there. Yeah, just for the odds, yeah. So, so let's run through your NBC Sports Predictor app uh, picks of the week. You can win uh, $50,000. Is it 50 or is it 25? I can never remember. Never remember. I think it's $50,000. $50, yeah. If you get all five of the games they offer, uh, if you get all five of those score predictions correct. Uh, so, Javier, what, are you gonna ha- what do you have for this week? Just run through them all. I know you mentioned a few of them all already. Spurs, Crystal Palace, uh, 2 1 Spurs, Norwich 2, Man City 4. Bournemouth two, Everton two. I think it's that'll be a, a that'll be a fun one. That's usually a lot of goals in that one. Uh, Watford Watford one, Arsenal two, and this is another one that I think will be a lot of goals as well. Aston Villa West Ham at a two two. I think that one could be two two. Even like I was even thinking even like three three, but I just think there's going to be a lot of goals in this. It's going to be an open game, and West Ham definitely fancy themselves, and Villa looked good at home so far. So uh, this is going to be a, a an interesting one, I think. Hilaire's on form. He looks dangerous. Right. Yeah. Two two straight doubles. Him and Tammy. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, that wraps it up for this episode of the Ghost Goal Podcast Premier League Preview Show. Uh, I'm Alex, and thank you, Javier, for coming on this uh, this time. We've uh, recorded already this week, even though it hasn't been released. We recorded our uh, Champions League group stage preview pod. Pods, uh, we... Uh, <laughs> Ended up doing two 30-minute pods on each of the uh, eight groups, uh, four four in each. So keep an eye out for those two uh, 30-minute-ish pods uh, coming over the weekend and early next week before the the Champions League starts in midweek. You can follow us on social media, uh, at GhostGoalPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Follow Andrew at Andrew Passaro, uh, me at ASMoss92, and Javier on Instagram at JavierRev9. Enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time... Oh, yeah.